0: What stud running back could be in line for a ton of catches this season? Are Derrick Henry and Leonard Fournette's dynasty values at all-time highs? And what backup from last year is taking the second round by storm in early FFPC drafts? plus 2019 FFPC 1250 number 3 dynasty champion Brent Studebaker hangs out to talk about his big Christian McCaffrey dynasty trade how he handicaps this year's rookie receivers and much more we've got a great show for you dave gerzak is here i'm eric balkman stick around your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now Everybody, you got what it takes.
1: K-R-E-X, and I'm on the mic, and premieres on the break.
2: Thank
0: you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to break down the crowded Washington backfield, analyze how the running backs finished in 2019, and Brent Studebaker is going to drop in to talk about who he is selling high on, his thoughts on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, as well as how he won the 1250 Dynasty number 3 this past season with five, count him five first-round picks, plus a ton more. We'll, we'll see what we get into. I don't know if we're going to have enough time. We're going to hit a bed, bath, and beyond. We'll see what happens. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzek. Brent is at B.A. Studebaker. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFR. And if you want to give us a call, it's 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OBA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now's the time to send them. Last chance here. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions tweets and emails uh, throughout the show tonight thanks to our producer and mutual friend Rob as well as our audio engineer and best friend Bryce thank you to those guys for working a little bit extra this week main event early bird is live you want to save money on your main event teams as you have gun for that half a million dollar grand prize whether it's drafting in Las Vegas or at home Sign up now, myffpc.com, and you'll get hooked up with that deal. Best Ball Slim Leagues got launched last week. I know a lot of people have been participating in those. If you haven't got a chance to join them, it's 18 rounds. It's no kickers. It's no defenses, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, So check those out, myffpc.com, as well as the Dynasty Orphans and Dynasty Startups we have uh, MyFFPC.com slash Dynasty there as well. Some good orphan teams some great orphan prices, actually. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and then uh, some startups that are launching. Dave, r- r- uh, let me know. Do we have Dynasty Leagues filled that are drafting startups tomorrow? Oh uh, Yeah, like six. Oh, my goodness. Really? I thought yeah. it was like two.
1: Nope, a bunch of 250s, a bunch of 77s filled. Actually, we have a 77 that uh, had five spots left starting on Sunday, actually. So oh, okay. Have, that's, so that one's still so open. And then,
0: uh, if you want to, in a 250, it's next week, Saturday, for the next ones that are going on. Best Ball League's obviously open there as well, in addition to the Slims. Check that out at myffpc.com. And uh, technical difficulties because of uh, the podcast network switch. Uh, for the high-stakes lowdown. Uh, Jim Seiple's, uh podcast has been delayed. It should be, I, I, I'm going to say next week, but there's a good chance it could be out this weekend. I'll uh, keep you posted on that on Twitter. Uh, but Jim Seiple, the 2014 Football Guys Players Championship, $300,000 grand prize winner uh, with us this week. Uh, good stuff from him. And uh, you can listen to that probably this weekend, but for sure next week once uh, everything has uh, been done as far as the podcast network switch. Dave, how you doing? we got a 26er on tonight, so we got to bring our A game here. All right, I'll, uh, I'll try really hard. <laughs> As opposed to every other week when you don't try really hard. That's true, I don't. Sometimes you mail it in. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. I don't know. It's always mailed in one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, well, in any event, it's going to be fun talking with Brent Studebaker coming up here. Um, let's kick things off. I, this is kind of breaking for us. because, By the way, thanks to uh, Football Guys, real World, and, and Rob uh, for tonight's rundown. This is semi-breaking news tonight. Uh, it, it popped out this afternoon, um, and and I want to discuss it a little bit because this is going to take care of part of our final segment of the show with the running backs, and that's Austin Eckler. We're going to talk about him at the top of the show. The Chargers have inked him to a four-year, twenty-four and a half million dollar deal that includes fifteen million dollars guaranteed, according to Adam Schefter's tweet. Uh, obviously this makes austin eckler the rb1 for the chargers there's any chance that melvin gordon had of coming back it's mm, bye-bye uh eckler if you remember 4.8 yards per carry in three seasons with the chargers but 92 of 108 targets 92 catches over 108 targets for 993 yards and eight scores just last year alone that's 9.2 yards per target it's insane, Dave. Austin Eckler, only 24 years old. He's scheduled to become a free agent after the 2023 season. FFPc best ballers are taking him at the 209 right now. Dare I say it's too low? Uh, that seems still about right. That's about me. right. Late second round for you, mid to late second. To me,
1: at least. Um, yeah, mid to late. Uh, you know, it's weird. How much higher can he jump up?
0: Well, okay, let's talk about this here for a second. And with a, with, let's do a would you rather here. Well, with first of all, uh, who's the quarterback on the team? Well, that's up for debate because allegedly there was conflicting reports this week that they're trying to trade Nick Foles, that they're either going to move forward with Gardner Minshew and trade Nick Foles or Foles is going to be the guy. So we don't exactly know yet. Okay. That's what we're looking at. Let's play a Would You Rather with Austin. Would you doctor? rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Uh. Would you have sex with Cleveland if it
2: meant you could have sex
0: with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? Back to the quarterback discussion. Yeah, let's go back to it. Nick Foles and
1: Gardner Minshew? Yeah. On the Chargers. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. I'm I'm an idiot. I can, uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm. Hold on. I for <laughs> Fournette plays for the team. He plays. That has yeah, those Fournette other. plays for the Chargers. Um, we don't know who the Chargers right now. It's Tyrod Taylor. I was looking at the first Would You Rather, which is Leonard Fournette, which okay. is why I got Fournette in my mind. So, um, it, it's Tyrod Taylor as of right now. It seems like Philip Rivers is bye-bye. Um, we right. we don't see him uh, going over there It could be, I mean, it kind of depends upon where Brady goes we we got to figure out where all these quarterback dominoes are going to fall And I think he's the first one yeah, so, Clearly they'll have somebody pretty decent they'll, they'll, There's, enough, there's enough
1: quarterbacks out there
0: Right Okay, Alright, so let's start off with the would you rather here um, Dave, would you rather have Austin Eckler or Leonard Fournette? Um, uh, Eckler I agree Austin Eckler or Miles Sanders? You know, this, I don't know if this will be controversial, but I,
1: might, I would take Eckler because I just still think that Philly is going to use more than one running back
0: a lot. I don't think that's controversial at all, to the point where I'm actually agreeing with you. I think it's Eckler over Sanders. Austin Eckler or Josh Jacobs?
1: Um, yeah.
0: I'm going to say Jacobs if if, that's, if yeah, changes your mind at all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll stick with Eckler. Actually. Okay, let's go even higher. Austin Eckler or Nick Chubb? That's pretty close,
1: too. You know, the, the funny thing is I actually think there's a better chance Eckler outscores Chubb because of the PPR potential. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'll take Chubb, though, because you just have that
1: real consistency and he's going to get a ton of carries.
0: But, you yeah, know, that's pretty close. That, that's where I'm at, too. I would rather have Chubb, but Chubb is going a full round ahead of Eckler. So Eckler represents the, the better 109? value. Uh one eleven. Oh, okay. So there you go. Uh, let's go the other way. Austin Eckler or Kenyon Drake? Eckler. I agree. Drake's a free agent. He's he should be not even in we? the same conversation. Right. Austin Eckler or Melvin Gordon? Eckler, he's signed. Uh, agreed. Uh, Austin Eckler or Todd Gurley, and we'll leave it at Echler. that. Yeah, I agree there. I, I think you're right. I think with that, I think Eckler's going to climb. I think 209 is too low. He's going as the running back 13. I think you can't after. Can't climb that much though, really. Well, I mean, I, mean, I guess RV 13. Yeah, because so many running backs score early. Huh? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. I mean, you're looking at the elites, obviously, that go ahead of him. McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Cook, Kamara – then you get into Mixon, Henry, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, then Jacobs, then Fournette Sanders, yeah, then
1: think It's interesting.
0: I think he can climb a little bit. I don't think he's... Uh, you know, as some of the, the scuttlebutt in the chat room is is saying that, that Eckler is going to be a, uh, a first-round pick, and I don't deny that. I, I think he might be. I don't think I would take him in the first round, but I do think he's going to go higher than the 209, especially as we move forward. I can see it once once the quarterback situation gets ironed out a little bit, so you have that. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean look what he did last year with Rivers as the
1: quarterback. Yeah, Rivers is a good quarterback for running backs because he shot puts the ball like nine yards, which is exactly <laughs> the size route that he would run. Okay,
0: well, you could conceivably have a better quarterback there and not they would not throw it to Eckler as much then
1: correct you know you you don't really you don't know I mean you just don't know if that quarterback is going to target running backs even though the play may call for it maybe the quarterback's terrible maybe it's Tyrod Taylor maybe he starts running all the time yeah when things change things can get better things can get worse and since things were so good last year with him and he was so productive odds aren't terribly bad that they could get a little bit worse with a different quarterback
0: who would be a worse choice for Eckler's fantasy value? Jay Cutler. no no hold on um Uh, Tyrod Taylor or Jameis Winston Worst Uh, situation For Eckler Probably, for
1: I think Taylor, even though you probably might disagree with me, I mean Sheamus doesn't seem to throw much to running backs. So. That's
0: that's my point. He's yeah. always pumping it down the field. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Either either one of those, but uh, yeah. I don't think yeah, I don't think either one would be good. Maybe. RP Daffo chat, uh, checking into in the or chiming in the chat room saying, "Not till we know who is the quarterback." And I think you're right. So we'll move on from there. But certainly good news if you're Austin Eckler today, especially if you're Austin Eckler's wallet. Well, maybe not because it's going to get more crowded in there. DK Pittsburgh Sports Dale Lolly is reporting that the Steelers intend on keeping Van. McDonald for this coming year. He has a club option worth $7.127 million against the salary cap. 29 years old, and obviously he had a rough season last year because Mason Rudolph was throwing him the ball uh, by and large and he instead was dinged of up, right. he was dinged up. He was, him. yeah. I mean, obviously. As, as always. 38 for 273 and three touchdowns last year. But in 2018, Dave, 50 catches, 610 yards, and four touchdowns. He is probably going to be an underrated guy given, you know, the situation, the the injury and everything like that. In FFPC drafts right now, you can get him in the 15th round as a 26th uh, tight end off the board. That's that's great. In that spot, it's a, it
1: really is a deal at that spot. He was going in the fifth or sixth round last year. Yeah. Based on all, And this is like your, uh, your old guy post-type sleeper. I mean, because, you know, he was an old guy that got moved. Uh, you know, the big Ben. he's going to be healthy. He's finally going to put it all together. I mean, and he didn't. No, he, and, he, and he probably won't again. I mean, because something will befall him, as always. But in the fifteenth round, who gives a crap? There's a there's a shot he could actually get it all and put it all together.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're going around guys like Will Disley, Dawson Knox, as far as tight ends go. Irv Smith is going around there. Kyle Rudolph, Jay Sternberger. Actually, I do like Jay Sternberger quite a bit, but I'd still take Vance McDonald ahead of him. Actually, no, I take that back. I don't know who I'd take there. I love Jay Sternberger this year. Jay Sternberger is be on a lot of my teams. I should be trading He's for him. Got a, a good tight end, end name. I'll give you that one. That is a good tight end name, for sure. Uh, ESPN's Matthew Berry was talking to Raiders general manager Mike Mayock at the Combine. He said, Mayock said, that he expects Josh Jacobs to be heavily involved in the passing game next season. Mayock called it phase two. For Josh Jacobs career 22 years old and and obviously last year was was kind of a disappointment I to put it mildly 27 total targets which is only two a game on average that's 42nd overall at the running back position now if you remember last month the Raiders also re-signed Jalen Rashard to a two-year deal but they let DeAndre uh, Washington uh, find out what his value is in free agency but Dave if Josh Jacobs is going to be catching more passes this year I mean, I'm all aboard with that. um, He finished, just as a precursor, Josh Jacobs finished as running back 18 last year, and that's with him missing time and not catching passes. And he is going right now, I think we just uh, alluded to it when we were talking about uh, Eckler, uh, going at the 202 as running back 10. Now, you know, I I was ready to say that's a good value. That might be his ceiling right now, is is that 1-2 turn as the 10th running back off the board.
1: It might be, but it, you know, I can see him climbing into the first round if someone likes him. They want to make sure they get him instead of the turn guy getting him. Uh, I I like the argument, and you know, when the GM says it, a lot of times you have this GM talk. Mayak just seems kind of like, because why would he lie? I mean, he no, strikes me as a I'm a frank
0: shooter. Frank type
1: guy. Yeah, it, yeah. So there's no reason for him to lie, really. And I think it, that actually logically makes a lot of sense. Jacobs is probably one of the best playmakers, if not the best playmaker on the team. Yeah, why not try and give him the ball as much as you can. Uh, so that actually does make a difference for me. It really, helps. It, it does make me feel really, I would feel really safe uh, taking Josh Jacobs to be
0: honest. I mean, What do you have going wrong other than possibly not scoring a ton of points? You could actually go at that one, well, I mean, you can't always do this, but a lot of times at that one-two turn, you could go, if you want to go running back, running back, you go Chubb Jacobs. You want to go receiver, running back, DeAndre Hopkins, Josh Jacobs. You want to go running back, tight end, Josh Jacobs, George Kittle. Either way, uh, all three of those ways, hell of a way to start off your FFPC drafts uh, this season. We have Brent Studebaker coming up in just a couple of minutes to talk about his 12.50 number three FFPC dynasty victory. A couple of other things I want to get to before we get to Brent combine interview again with Matthew Berry from ESPN Ron Rivera the new Redskins head coach says he expects Darius Geis Adrian Peterson and Bryce Love to all have a role this coming season last year if you remember Geis 42 carries 254 yards and two touchdowns with 5.8 three yards per carry in just five games Um, certainly was great to see but again he's been dealing with some pretty significant injuries the last couple years. Uh, he's 22 years old. I think Adrian Peterson is 72 years old. He still looks great. And now you have Bryce Love, who they took in day three last year, a guy who was ballyhooed as a first-round pick. He had, had he come out after his junior season at Stanford, gets into the knee problems, and then he falls to day three of the draft is this a situation to avoid? Is there, is there any fantasy goodness to, uh, to mine here among any of those three running backs as far as FFPC best balls are concerned?
1: Um, yeah, you know, not, I'm not really interested in, in them in classic main event type format, right. except for Bryce Love, maybe super late. I can see trying to pair Geis with Love. I, I'm kind of avoiding Adrian Peterson. He's now just so old. 1805 in best balls? He's still okay. staying away? No, I mean, so, it is late um again when when's uh when's Geist going like ninth round 702 Uh, to me that's early for for somebody's been so often injured I wouldn't have a problem taking Peterson super late and then love even later
0: 2303
1: yeah taking those two guys and taking it and just all you're betting on is that Geist gets hurt again and that's not a bad bet
0: yeah you would have won that bet the last (laughs) two years so so that makes sense
1: yeah that's not bad
0: you're kind of you're almost locking down a backfield at that point not investing anything until the 18th round which is pretty crazy again that that's pendant, dependent upon a guy's injury but it's been a pretty safe bet the last couple of years. Um I'm avoiding in general. I think in, in, you're you're talking about FF, if we talk about FFPC main events, stuff like that I'm not I'm not really interested. Hey, hopefully you've got
1: Main events, hopefully we've got that running back situation shored up long before you're thinking about the Redskins and someone else is, is making
0: those decisions for their teams. Jets are trying to shore up their wide receiver situation. Uh, apparently, Robbie Anderson still remains in their offseason plans as the Jets are making efforts to resign him, according to a source uh, today. Anders, Excuse me, yesterday. Anderson's going to make a lot of money uh, if he does indeed get to free agency. It's looking that he's going to get that way. Maybe as much as $15 million a year, Dave. Uh, Robbie Anderson back with the Jets. Are you rooting for that as as far as catching passes from Sam Darnold? Or are you willing to roll the dice saying, ah, there's a better situation for Robbie Anderson out there? You know, you think about this guy too. He's a deep threat. Doesn't run the route tree all that well, but certainly one of the best, one of the better free agent receivers out there this year. I mean, I own him in a cup. One dynasty league, maybe two. I kind of wish
1: – I wouldn't, wouldn't mind if he switched situations. It just seems like all they do is throw bombs. He doesn't really – I mean, he doesn't really put up numbers worth ever starting. So if he moves on to a different team and he's so good that he's going to make $15 million a year, please, someone else sign him and, yeah. let, and use him in a different way.
0: New England, perhaps? That'd Who be met?
1: nice. Eh. New England's always like a receiver wasteland except for Edelman. That's because they don't have receivers.
0: Robbie yeah. Anderson's a yeah. receiver. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg. I ah, guess. yeah. First. Now we're into that theory. Um, One last thing I want to get to before Brent Studebaker comes on to talk about his Dynasty Championship. Jonathan Taylor is going to be overdrafted after his strong showing at the Combine, according to one pro football Focus analyst. He's he's so confident he didn't put his name out there. Well, again, this is the report I got. Maybe he did. (laughs) I just didn't get the guy's name in this report. So um, Taylor already uh, was slated to go um, probably no later than the early second. But he's – as safe as you can be with the running back uh, saying he's going to be a first-round pick, that's where Taylor is at. Uh, he's obviously competing with DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins to be the first running back off the board. But, Dave, you know, you look at what Jonathan Taylor did at Wisconsin. It was awesome. Uh, he caught a lot of passes his junior season, something we hadn't seen his first two years uh, for the Badgers. And then he blazed a four-three-nine. 9 at the Combine, one of the fastest uh, times for any running back. And the fact that he did it at whatever it was, 227 pounds, very impressive. It's, it's, I think we're picking at nits if we're trying to find holes in Jonathan Taylor's game right now because he looks pretty well-rounded.
1: I agree with you. I wouldn't say we, just let's classify that gentleman all by himself. I like Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to be a great pick. And I think he's going to be the surefire 101 for most.
0: Really? In Dynasty drafts over Swift? Well, I mean, it's it's easy to say that now. But, I think so. Yeah, yeah I mean.
1: I, I don't see any. You like him
0: significantly better than Swift and Dobbins.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Dobbins, I mean, you it. look at the product. The production is amazing. The speed is, was outstanding. Right. I, I don't. I, I don't, I'm not finding any flaws in this game. I mean, he's a. He's got the size. Two twenty seven. That's that's exactly where you want to be at a yeah. running back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I guess I'm with you right now. It's 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 tough to to disagree. Dobbins did not work out at the combine. Uh, Swift didn't run all that good, although he ran fairly well. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. I think those three running backs have still separated themselves, although maybe there's a fourth one uh, in tier number one. We're going to talk to our guest uh, about that and much more. I want to bring him in right now. He is a lover of all first-round rookie draft picks and is one of the elite members of the FFPC 26ers, who, of course, set the ADP. He's coming off a championship in the FFPC 1250 Number 3 Dynasty League. Please welcome into the show Mr. Brent Studebaker. Brent, thanks so much for hopping on with us this week.
2: Good evening, guys. Thanks for having me. Bucky, Dave,
0: how are y'all? We are doing good. We're doing good. This is uh, exciting to have you on, uh, following in the footsteps of of your older brother, which we're going to get to uh, in a little bit, uh, certainly uh, you know, because of his appearance on this show previously. Brent, when uh, you are not dominating FFPC Dynasty Leagues and as well as being one of uh, the illustrious 26ers, what are you doing for a living?
2: Uh, I do paint and body work and paintless dent repair for the number one used car dealership in the United States. I mean, so even, wow. Dave,
0: even when it's not fantasy football, he's still working with the best team. <laughs> it's <was> just crazy. <laughs> pretty awesome. The illustrious elite talent we have uh, coming on the show uh, week in and week out is is certainly awesome. Um bad doesn't live close by. My my daughter, she's going she to turn
1: 16 soon, and she wants to murder out the car we got. Oh, yeah. We need to get it all powder-coated and all that crap. I, I don't know how to do any of that. Right. Obviously. Any recommendations, Brent? <laughs> yeah, should we get the car murdered um, out for her?
2: Well, Dave, you should just buy her a new one.
1: Well, it's, it, it, you know, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's certainly... It, 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 it's a nice... It, it's better than it should be. She's a very nice young lady and uh, gets good grades. So there you go.
0: Congratulations <laughs> to her. Congratulations to Brent as well tonight, Dave. <clears throat> uh, great performance last season.
1: Yes, congratulations. So let's Thank talk you. about you instead of my kid. Uh, the 1250 number three league, you are the champ. You took five players in the first round of the rookie draft in 2019. How did you... Uh, you know, get all those. Hannah, how do we get everyone to renew this league, by the way? How did you get all those picks, and then you still had a team that ended up winning the league last year?
2: Well, you win and lose some de- some deals until draft day. Like prior to Patrick Mahomes being named the starter in Kansas City the offseason, I traded uh, Mahomes, Chris Godwin, Rojo, and I got back uh, Cortland Sutton in 2019 ones. I turned that into Miles Sanders and Debo right off the bat. Um, I feel oh, that there's nice. not a big difference in uh, the quarterbacks. PC. um scoring format is very minimal. I want more of a chance at the elite skill positions, wide receiver, running backs, and all my rookie drafts. And then another deal uh, prior to the season starting last year, I, I, I traded someone Devin Funches, Sterling Shepard, and three threes and that turned me into, uh, Nikhil Harry, TJ Hawkinson, and, uh, Nico Hardman. Um, you know, I ended up flipping some of the players after and during the draft, like I traded, um, I got carry on Johnson from Nikhil Harry, uh, for, from our owner right before, uh, Johnson got hurt, which ultimately it hurt me, but I had the depth in that league, but if, looking at trades most importantly you can't be afraid to trade valuable assets if you can get the right value in return and i loved all the positions that i could be in during the draft last year so i wanted all the ones i could get but that's so it, it, but this is
0: true of all your dynasty leagues that, that you're always try right Brett, you're always trying to get as many first round picks as you can to to try to snare that elite talent on the cusp of you know before they really break out in the NFL
2: yeah, actually, I I bought an orphan uh, about a month ago, and I already have three 2021 firsts. Uh, I want to stockpile them, like I especially on an orphan team. I want to uh, I want to make it my own, and and stockpile as many ones as possible. You can do a lot of damage out of trade deadline with uh, future ones.
0: Brent uh, Studebaker is our guest tonight, the uh, 1250 FFPC Dynasty number 3 champion. Let's talk about a trade that you had recently made in one of your dynasty leagues, and that was uh, where you gave up Christian McCaffrey and Keenan Allen. You get back Odell Beckham, uh, Josh Jacobs, and Melvin Gordon. And I can't remember, it refreshed my memory exactly when that deal was done, uh, but can you tell us uh, also your thought process and why you decided that was the right move to make?
2: Uh, I did that deal shortly after when trading opened up this off season. Um, it To me, it goes back to trading a valuable asset. I needed depth on that team. Um, I finished third. Uh, I relied on McCaffrey way too much. Uh, what worries about me with him is, is he going to be able to sustain his production? Um, he, how can I put it? I, Stone Cold Beast told me, um, who's a fellow 26 sixer? that I shouldn't – you shouldn't – he's almost untradeable. Um, to get back Odell Beckham and Josh Jacobs, those are my two biggest buys this off offseason. Um, I love Beckham. Beckham's an asset for any any team. Um, he had one bad year. Cleveland had a bad year. Baker Mayfield did. It wasn't just Beckham. And then Josh Jacobs, I mean, he had a 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, and he didn't even – he only he caught the ball 20 times last year they're going to get him the ball. Mike Mayock already came out and said they want him to catch the ball some more. So those are my two core pieces of getting that trade. It gave me a, another number one receiver to pair with Amari Cooper and also Josh Jacobs.
0: Um, and then Keenan
2: Allen's a big sell for me. He, uh, I heard y'all in earlier in the show talking about quarterback. I don't want any player that Tyrod Taylor could potentially be throwing the ball to. Um He's getting up there. I think he's 26 or 27 now. Um, I just – I I wanted to sell him. I wanted to sell him as quick as I could this offseason. And then uh, I got Melvin Gordon, too. I loved getting Gordon in the trade. I understand he – you know, he didn't have a good year. He didn't do any training camp at all. But to me, he's probably the number one free agent back this offseason. I hope he goes to the Texans. Um, but, I mean, you never know, but I'm going to trust his talent and know that he's going to be a three-down back.
0: Yeah, I don't – I mean, listen, you're way smarter with, about Dynasty than than, than I am, uh, definitely, Brent, uh, but <laughs> I don't know if I would have had it in me to trade McCaffrey in that deal. I get where you're coming from, and quite frankly, after the season, it might look like a genius move. Dave, what do you think about the this deal that, that went down McCaffrey and Keenan Allen to get back Beckham, Jacobs, and then Melvin Gordon?
1: Uh, you know, I, I am of the opinion that McCaffrey is pretty much untradeable. Um, if you take Josh Jacobs' production from last year and double it and then add 75 more points, you equal Christian McCaffrey's production. I mean, tw- he averaged 29.5 points a game. And, right. and it, okay, well, well, that's a one-off. Well, no, it's not. The year before, he averaged <laughs> yeah, the he same thing from week but, 10 to but, 16. But, so I just, That's just what he's so
0: so far been doing the right. NFL but is there something to be like said I, for this specific team where Brent needed to build some well, depth and he's he's giving up two starters but he's getting an extra starter back well you can ask him that question all right he, well i mean he's he already talked but no so he but the comment and then you interrupt i understand that but Brent already said that's that's why okay. he decided to do it okay uh Brent you were, were going to say okay go ahead
2: if if you <laughs> if you look at i, I was listening to someone with Chad Parsons the peak age for wide receivers are 25 to 30 That's their peak age for their fantasy production. Uh, Prior to that, Odell Beckham averages the most points um, per game over Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, like up until 25. Beckham will get back. If he stays away from, uh, you know, boats and going out of the country with women in the bed, he'll uh, he'll be fine.
1: Okay, if, if he does those things.
0: Yeah, if he does. Well, he might. I mean, who knows? It's well, I mean, entirely possible. Well,
1: while he's doing that, Christian McCaffrey's, uh, you know, tra- yes, I,
2: training I, 24-7. But, <laughs> I don't know
0: I'm what 24-7 you, you still you get had, sleep.
2: You, had, <laughs> you already had the Panthers trade their all-pro, well, with the left tackle, Trey Turner, for Russell O'Kane. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't know if I'm correct about this, but I believe McCaffrey will be a free agent next year. And there's already been rumblings about him wanting to go play in Denver. I don't know how much longer he'll even be in Carolina. Cam probably, he may or may not be there, but it goes back to having a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. I'd rather go with, with Jacobs, Beckham, and Gordon.
1: It, you know That's why we all run our own teams. And I, yeah, you make some oh, sense yeah. there. I, like I said, I uh, respectfully disagree, but that's all right. So let's talk about different running backs Uh Instead of these shrimpy little guys, two big guys, Derek Henry and Leonard Fournette, uh, both had great seasons last year. Have you given any thoughts of selling high on them after uh, they had really good years?
2: I've sent an offer out to every league mate in 1253, and no one is biting me. Um, I, I value each one of them between four and seven. Um, I'm not getting anything in return. I'm not going to give him away. Fournette ha- only had three touchdowns last year. I think that goes up. I think also him becoming a free agent after next year is going to help him. And then Derrick Henry, I'll just trade him right before uh, the trade deadline because he always goes off at the end of the season, and I can max value and get some ones for him if I have to.
0: Bucky, do you,
1: what? do you know where uh, Leonard Fournette's ADP is?
0: Uh, I sure do, Dave. Uh, it's actually um, – go, he's going right now in the second uh, at 2.06, so right in the mid-second as the 11th running back off the board. You know what's interesting is
1: we have you – know, I've been listing all these dynasty orphans and so on, and it just seems to me like I've listed a lot of 4 net orphans. Yeah. Like a lot of people are you know selling or giving up on teams with four-net. And, uh, you know, I, I can see the argument for trading them, but I, I also – and I've never been like, a huge 4 net person – but, I, you know, he had a really good year, and yeah. he's still young and in his prime. He's, what a, he's a huge guy, and you see some of those great runs he has, just like Derrick Henry had, and those guys are both really good running backs.
0: You know, I, I think a lot of people dinged him for, you know, he always had these ankle issues ever since he came out of uh, LSU, and he really fought through that last year. He, he didn't deal with it at all, really shook it, and he caught a lot of passes last year. How many times have I been on this show – and I said, I am just waiting for Leonard Fournette to have a big game so I can trade him in that Gridiron Legends League that I'm in with you. I'm going down with the ship now with him.
1: Might as well just keep him.
0: I, I am. Yeah, I'm <laughs> totally on board with that. If, if you make a
1: post, Leonard Fournette is not for sale.
0: Well, yeah, that won't change anything from the non-responses uh, I'm getting from trade offers, which is fine. I, I totally get it. Um, but, but I'll roll that way with him, and, and we'll see what happens going forward. I want to talk, as, as fun as it is to talk about dynasty values of veterans, I think it's more fun to talk Rookie. about rookies, especially since we're, what, less, less than two months from the draft, uh, coming up on a month and a half to the draft. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, let's talk about him, uh, Brent. He had a breakout season with LSU last year, 55 catches for the Bayou Bengals. Uh, are you putting him in the same tier as Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins right now, or is he comfortably in, in the tier Maybe. below that?
2: I think I think he's in the tier below that. I think the one player that potentially is even higher than uh, Edwards is Cam Akers. Um, Clyde, I, I like him, but his feet work. His feet in the hole, he stutters a lot. I would rather have Cam Akers than Clyde Edwards or Lyon.
0: Cam Akers, too, isn't he younger? I feel like he's a year younger, and, and – um that really blew up the combine too
2: i think he's the youngest running back in the in the class this year i remember he
0: came into florida state as as as, i think he was an early enrollee uh was one of the younger players to come into college and then obviously leaving early uh after his junior season uh, at florida state where early enrollee yeah early enrollee he must have gotten like a 17 on his ACC. to not, get into a Florida State. No, okay, why are you ripping? I don't understand. Like They the hate for Florida State. There's no reason to bring it up no, right just an opportunity. Yeah, congratulations. All right, thanks. But, but, um, but that guy, he got no – and I think I brought this up on the show before. He got no help from one of the worst offensive lines in Florida State history. It, you know, the last two years he was there. Um, still put up numbers, but he basically created it all himself did great on the bench, did great in the three cone, put up a great 40 time. I think he's going to be really good. So would you put Akers as your number four running back in this class then, Brent?
2: Yeah, but uh, I would probably even have him higher than Dobbins. Um, oh, wow. Akers ran a, a four four seven. He catches the ball. He's strong on pass protection. Um, I like back, backs that are going to be on the field three down, and – I don't know if Dobbins will be a three-down back in the league. Cam Akers is. He reminds me a lot of Kareem Hunt. Um, coming out, he's he's going unnoticed behind these these top four, so they say, and I think he's going to sprout a lot of people.
1: The one stat I saw it on Twitter and then I, I lost the graphic, but uh, he averaged uh, Cam Akers averaged one yard per carry before contact. And the other 3.9 yards out of his
0: 4.9 yards per carry were after contact. That's how bad the offensive line was. Yeah, I mean like, it was like historically bad. Still, I mean, like I can't. I, I. mean, the the quarterbacks got massacred there. The running backs. It didn't matter who they. Florida State at one point in the last two years had three five-star running backs on the team. Could not do anything with them because they had you know Barton Lou from the gas station blocking for these guys. It was terrible. I don't, I don't understand how you don't get good. Why don't, why don't you get good offensive lineman? You know what, I, I have a theory on this. They always go to Iowa and Wisconsin? Yeah, what? exactly, yeah. They the, the get a corn-fed offensive lineman, Dave. Um, Rick Trickett was a longtime offensive line coach for uh, Florida State. Um, came over from West Virginia. And um, when Bobby Bowden left, he stayed under with Jimbo Fisher for I, it was a year or two at Florida State. And he was great. Everybody talked about how much they loved him and everything. He left. And the offensive <laughs> line play went way, way down. The whole team, the whole program went way, way down. Huh. And uh, I, again, I don't think that was the whole thing, but I think that was a big part of it. Yeah, it might have been. In any event, we don't want to turn this into the Florida got State. Hour. Right. Go ahead.
1: All right. So let's talk about rookie wideouts. Um, the 2014 class was, you know, historic. Uh, Sammy Watkins. I don't know why we're still talking about him. He sucks. But so Mike Evans. We got Devonte Adams, uh, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, the aforementioned player, and Allen Robinson. Uh, they're all from 2014. We might even be missing a few. Oh, there's
0: much. There's many many more besides that. There really are, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: So what do you think? I mean, this year's year's class of rookies, it's really hyped up. Do you think it's uh, anywhere close to 2014? Uh,
2: I think 2014's draft class, you had a lot more number one. Um, This year, you got more depth. Uh, In the top 40, there's nine of these wide receivers. And then... uh, I think that depending on landing spots, you know, you got your Judy, you got Lamb. Until I see it, it's it's really lucky. We were lucky in that time to have Beckham go play with Eli. Um, <clears throat> that was that was big. Um, you had Evans, even though he had to wait a year, he played with Jameis. Devonte Adams went to Rodgers. Until you see their landing spots, I know a lot of mocks have like Lamb and Judy going to Oakland and the Jets. We'll see how good they it turns out. I think potentially it does, but until I can't say that this class is going to be better uh at the top, but I think all around they're going they're a lot deeper and will be a lot uh, there'll be a lot more guys you can get later in the second and third round um compared to the 2014 draft. Brent, is Henry Ruggs simply a, a speed
0: merchant? Is he just going to be a burner in the NFL, or is there something more there? Because he should be going in the first round, and I think a lot of people say that he is going to be a, a great receiver. But on the flip side of the coin, uh, there's many other out there, uh, others out there, many dynasty pundits uh, that would say that uh, that he is just going to be a speed guy. How do you fall in on that?
2: I like him. I mean, he can stretch the field. I mean, with – His 40-yard dash this year, it's unbelievable. You put him in quarterback with a quarterback that can throw the ball and throw it deep that has time, he's going to blow by any defense. He's like Tyree Kill. I mean, um, that's speed that catches eyes when you get on the field, and I think he's going to do a lot of damage this year.
0: Brent Studebaker, the 1250 FFPC Dynasty number 3 league champion, joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. You follow him on Twitter at B.A. Studebaker. How about the Combine this year? Did anybody's performance there, Brent, change your mind drastically, whether it was somebody who did really, really good, better than you expected, or maybe did not perform up to snuff? Did you change your opinion on any players based on what you saw in Indianapolis?
2: I actually have two guys, and the first guy, Bucky, you'll be happy because you're going to win 20 on five. Justin Jefferson, he's going to be a first-round oh, pick now from from <laughs> the 4-4-3 he ran. He was tied for eighth in the class uh, for receivers. I think him running that speed solidified uh, him becoming a first-rounder. But the big guy I'm looking at, um, and I started noticing him at the senior bowl with Denzel Mims at a Baylor. He's physical, and he ran a 4.38, which is third best, and he had the best cone uh, drill. Uh, at from any receiver at the combine um he's physical he's big, and he can catch the ball so um, he's one that is going to probably rise up board come draft day i think he'll be a he could be a late first round or early second round pick in off rookie draft.
0: What blows my mind about Denzel Mims is you think about, uh, we've already talked about how loaded this wide receiver class is and how deep it is, and and the fact that this guy before the combine and and really, I guess, before the Senior Bowl was being talked about as a day three pick, you know, a a round four, round five type guy, and now all of a sudden you you see mocks out there with him going up, shooting all the way up into the first round. You know, the the athleticism not in question, the size not in question, really the performance uh, not in question either. So I think there's a lot to like about Mims, and it'll be fascinating to see where he goes especially in relation to some of the other uh receivers in this draft as well um when when we get down to it this this is what happens this time of year you know every single year I I can't wait for the draft to get here can't get here soon enough Dave and it's it's going to be a lot of fun this year for dynasty too I think for rookie drafts it's going to be so insanely uh entertaining yeah uh no you have a question number eight no you don't Oh, I guess, <laughs> I guess I do. Yeah. I okay. Do. That's fine. Um,
1: you know, similar to, uh, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, who's the better running back, who's right? Who's the better, uh, fantasy football player, you or your brother, Brian?
2: <laughs> I'm going to get smoked by my 26 ers but Brian's won six times more than me in the last two years. Um, he's unbelievable. Uh, I go to him and my 26 ers for every single deal. Um, he knows his stuff um, like no other. He can turn a trade and get he can he can tra- trade anybody and get a one, first round pick. It doesn't matter if you're trading Sammy Watkins. <laughs> he, he can get a one. Um, he's good at what he does. He's be- he's been doing the dynasty longer, but um, I give him the nod. He's he's better, but he doesn't he's not the reigning champ in 1253. I am a 22. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I got. <laughs> that,
0: yeah, you beat him last year. Um, Brent, do you yep.
2: guys, um,
0: do, do you and Brian, uh, do you ever team up in any leagues together or are you always simply competing against each other?
2: We actually got two leagues that we co-own together. I let him do most of the work in that league. Um, I work night shifts, so I can't, I'm not on as much as I'd like to be during the daytime. That's when you get a lot of trades together. It's uh, 256 uh, and 250 number 32, two small leagues, but that's the only ones we, we play in together, like co-own. And then we have 253 that we go against.
0: So do you guys – this is interesting too because, you know, for people who team up in redraft leagues, you know, best our, uh, main events or football guys or what have you, uh, there's always the, you know, sometimes you butt heads but it's just usually with draft choices um, for, you know, during the draft and then, you know, waiver bids and, and, um, and lineup decisions. But when you're talking about acquiring players, again, until you, until you trade them or move them, they are yours for the duration of their careers. Do you guys often butt heads on player evaluation and on, on how you decide who you're going to take in rookie draft? I mean, how do you guys work that out?
2: Um we'll come up with a list together um, outside of, uh, you know, I'll have my personal list for my own leagues and then we'll look at each team and see where, where we want to go. And, you know, we'll come to a common ground when it comes to those two teams and it might not be the same as my, as my, what I think, uh, but we both trust each other um, when it comes to drafting and which rookie we need, you know, if, if, if we had 101 this year, I believe Brian's a Jonathan Taylor guy. I'm a DeAndre Swift. So, but we don't have the 101, so we don't have to worry about that this year. I would, I would personally want Swift.
0: Until, until if you guys have the 102 in any leagues and Dobbins goes at 101, then you have a conundrum.
2: Very true. And then we, <laughs> I guess we would flip a quarter. He, he usually wins. He usually wins. I mean. He'll 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 uh, he'll pull his he'll pull his weight on me, and I can't fight him because he's he's won a lot more than I have.
0: Well, there's only one way to remedy that, my friend. And after that 1250 number three victory over him last year, uh, certainly you are on the pathway uh, to doing just that. Brent, we have a couple of emails here. I want to read uh, to you uh, just to get your opinion uh, for some listeners who wrote in. Bruce in Westminster, Colorado writes, Hey, Brent, how do you like to balance your roster in terms of how many players you keep at each position, uh, with, at each position with the short FFPC rosters at cutdown? Thank you for the email. Uh, Bruce in Westminster, Colorado. Uh, so obviously, you know, you've got to keep at least, uh, you know, a starting lineup uh, there, Brent. But as far as cutdowns, are, I think you kind of alluded to this earlier. You're sort of loading up at running backs, receivers, and tight ends as much as possible, right?
2: Yeah, and when it comes to that, uh, I'll try to only keep two tight ends on any any roster, but I want all the running backs and receivers. Um, I would rather trade, like I, I'd i trade Dallas Goddard for a one in a league, and I don't I didn't necessarily want to get rid of him, but he was the guy I was going to have to cut. So running backs and receivers for me are, are the golden ticket uh, on all my teams.
0: Moving on to Dan in San Jose, are there any players in the league who are coming off a good season that would make sense to try and deal in Dynasty right now? Congrats on the Dino win. Thank you for the email, Dan in San Jose. I guess this isn't really speaking to any, anybody that you necessarily have to own, but anybody that you can think of that, that had a really good 2019, uh, Brent, that you would think about dealing right now in Dynasty?
2: I would trade Kittle if you could. I mean, with his age, I you can get a lot for him. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't trade him for nickels. I would try and get. You could probably get two first-round picks this year for Kittle at, on FFPC, and uh, turn around. I mean, he's getting turn turn those around and get more skilled assets. Um, I try to trade a vet a year or two early, rather than wait, because then. If you wait, you're not going to get anything for him. Hence, I'm stuck with Le'Veon Bell in a league and David Johnson. I didn't. I didn't trade him. Um, so look for look for trading your vets a year or two early.
0: All right, that's good advice. I keep I, I keep going back and forth on that. Sometimes okay. I think that's the right move, and then other times I say, you know, I'm going to have Leonard Fournette till he turns 40.
2: <laughs> and I keep Heinz
0: Ward until he retires. You know what I mean? It's one of those. things. I never know which way to go on that. It's it's, but it's a finesse thing. It's it's an art, Dave. It, yeah, it, it
1: kind of is. And I think superstar receivers uh, and tight ends. I, I, to me, those guys last longer. They really do than than the running backs. So anyway, that's pretty obvious. Uh, last question: Who's a rookie that you think is going to be a bust in the NFL and a sleeper rookie to target in your dynasty rookie drafts? You can't mention Jefferson or Mims, please. <laughs>
2: Uh, This is going to sound like a homer pick since I'm from South Carolina, but a bust is T. Higgins. I mean, this is a loaded wide receiver class. He didn't work out. He didn't do anything. And he wasn't, to me, even the best receiver on his team, Justin Ross was. I'm staying away from T. Higgins. Uh, Another 26er, Salvador. I know he's real big on T. Higgins. Um, I'll gladly pass him up and take Denzel Mims before him or – any of the other guys uh, that we spoke about, Jefferson. I just I'm not big on him this year. And right, the sleeper either. is yeah. And the sleeper, he wasn't at combine because he broke his foot. But Brian Edwards, uh, last year coming into this draft, this offseason, he was a top three dynasty dynasty wide receiver um, in this class. He had a a bad quarterback play. Um but I'm I'm keying in on Brian Edwards in the 2.1, 2.01 to two point oh five and I'll be happy to get him.
0: now correct me if I'm wrong, Brent, Is is Brian Edwards he's a he's a South Carolina guy, right?
2: Yep. Brian Edwards, he played at South Carolina. Uh big tall physical receiver. He goes up, catches the ball. Um I like him. I, I'm glad he was not at the combine because he would skyrocket back up in, in the draft this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're probably right. I mean, a lot of, a lot of times that does uh, indeed happen. You know, you perform well in front of everyone, and uh, everybody seems to get on you, just like you did tonight. Performed well on the high stakes fantasy football over Brent Studebaker, the 1250 number three dynasty champion, a beloved 26er. And uh, certainly we appreciated you coming on uh, the program tonight, Brent. Uh, always appreciate your insight. Good luck in all your leagues this year, and enjoy those rookie drafts that are coming up soon.
2: Boggy Dave, thank you all for, ha- for having me.
0: Appreciate There's it, dude. Take care. Have a great weekend. You're a that much is- better interviewer than your brother. <laughs> no question. He's yeah. the worst. Brent, St- Brent Studebaker, you follow him on Twitter, at B.A. Studebaker, uh, and then you can compete against him in the FFPC Dynasty leagues. And I believe he's also in Genesis. If, I'm, uh, if I'm, I should have asked him that before, before he bounced out, but Probably. I think he's in Genesis, and we're going to be covering the Genesis Revelations and Armageddon drafts all live right here on these airwaves coming up uh, in about two months from now, right? Roughly a little over two months? Uh, a little under, little under two months. Little under two months from well, now. Maybe
1: it's oh, whatever.
0: No, I think you're right. I think it is a little under. Uh, so that'll be coming up. That'll be fun. Uh, that's sort of like the unofficial. We have like 15 unofficial kickoffs to the season. I think we're through like four of them. That's Can't like wait number for
1: the nine. AD, ADP to get set by uh, two packer. I'm so excited.
0: Well, no, the the 26ers set the ADP, Dave. Oh, I think I that's clear it was now. It, it used to be two packer. Oh. Yeah and then uh and then all of a sudden revelations became this cavalcade mm. of uh of randos and then genesis was the uh, they're the ones that that really established the uh the ADP now i'm sure tupac will have something to say about that when we cover the revelations drafts live uh coming up shortly but that is all Neither here nor there. Let's talk about how the running backs finished last year. We're not going to talk about Austin Eckler anymore, Dave, because we talked about him at the top of the show. But the guy that finished number two among running backs last year, bit of a surprise given that he was basically a third, sometimes even fourth-round pick, shot way, way up, It was the Green Bay Packers' Aaron Jones, the number two running back this year. And you look at where he's going in FFPC best balls. He's obviously not being drafted as the number two running back, but he is going as the eighth one at the 110. I want no part of him there this year. (laughs) I I feel like he totally overachieved. This is a guy who the previous two years uh, ended on um, injured reserve with knee injuries. I just, I, I can't, I cannot see him doing what he did last year and quite frankly i think that's what people are expecting him to do if they take him at the
1: 110 Uh, yeah
0: i i kind of get your argument but
1: you're not paying the 102 price you're paying the 110 price right
0: okay so just quick would you rather there's three other running backs going on going right around there joe mixon or aaron jones aaron jones Derek Henry or Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones. Yeah, because Derek Henry's unsigned. I get it. Okay, Nick. And Joe
1: Mixon plays for a team that's god awful as a rookie quarterback.
0: Uh, but he could be an improvement over what they had last could year. Could be an improvement. Could he be Aaron Rodgers as a rookie? I highly doubt it. Well, I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Not nor that I think he has to be. Uh, Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones? Uh, I'll take Aaron Jones again. I guess
1: I'm I I've never been the biggest Aaron Jones guy, but I guess I'm higher on him than uh, than it, it would otherwise appear. i like right. yeah. that
0: uh, mirror on a on a on a Buick.
1: Things in the, the oh, things, things, things in the, in the, the <laughs> yes. yeah.
0: Dave Dave Gerzak may be more of an Aaron Jones fan than he appears. Uh, Josh Jacobs or Aaron Jones? Uh, I might like
1: Jacobs now. I think I'm going to take Jacobs I'm going there. Go a little on the Jacobs train.
0: Um, I'm going to go. Oh, even though
1: I might have said Chubb over Jacobs earlier, I'm like one of those. You know, you
0: pick one over the other, and you don't. Yeah, but it's it. different when it's you know one versus the other. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit further up. Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara? I'll take you, Mara. I would too. And last one, Aaron Jones or his fellow NFC North cohort, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Cook. I agree. All right. I think we're dialed in on that. We talked to Leonard Fournette earlier. Do you want to talk about him? He was the seventh ranked running back, or he finished as the number seven running back last year after catching a lot of passes. I think this is a guy that I've already made made it known that I'm gonna go down with the with the ship with him. Does he do this again this year? Is he a top ten running back for you this year? I mean, what's really changed? Has there been a ton of changes? I mean, I suppose
1: they're trying to figure out they, what's going on with the Minshew and Foles. Now that we, but, now, but now that's, that we
0: but, but that's Jackson. who they did. Yeah, exactly. Now that I know what yeah. team uh, they're um, playing
1: for, but that's who he dealt with last year.
0: Yeah, um, so I, mean,
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's especially. You made a good point about it. A contract year to me, to me when you, I when I look at a player. Did you say he's having a contract year? Uh,
0: I, I, it? uh, it, it's a, it's a matter of them picking it up. So technically, okay. he could still be a free agent. Okay. To me, when I look at a at players that would be motivated for a contract year.
1: Leonard Fournette is like the guy who appears in the dictionary for me. He's like the number. He's like he's he just, like the total contract year motivator. Yeah, he looks you. like a person who's very motivated by contract years. I have no idea what kind of car he drives, but I'm having a feeling it's a Lamborghini or something like that. Lamborghini. He likes the bank, and uh, that's just my opinion. I really don't know him. He might be the, like the most modest guy on the planet, but just
0: to me it seems like he that would really matter to him. All right, my – computer's not working, so I can't check it, but I believe yeah, that the Lenovo, my that, MacBook's working great. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think he could, I, I think he could be a free agent if they choose not to right. exercise his yeah, option. Sure. Cause he was a, uh first round. Um, uh, okay, so Wasp guy is chiming in. Question from 26ers dominated chat room. Who gets precedence in HSFF coverage? Genesis or Revelations? It is going to be Genesis this year. They will get precedence over it. And you we'll, know why? Because there's more of you in the chat room, and Valkyrie's yeah. afraid to get you guys mad. No, it has nothing to do with that. I, I think the the dedication and the commitment. Um, I'm seeing it. This is now third, three years in a row. I've seen it from the from Genesis, and I haven't really seen it from Revelations good in point. Se- several years. So it's going to be Genesis first, no question. All right, Dave. This is surprising to me. The running back that finished 10th last year. Sorry, what? Well, I'm trying not to look if I was supposed to guess,
1: but I guess not. Go ahead. No,
0: you have the sheet in front of you. It's, it's I know, under... but I wasn't looking at Okay. It. Do you want to guess? No, I mean, go, I, walk, no, normally you don't like to guess. Um, this surprised me because this is a guy who's battled a lot of injuries, missed time, um, and, and plays with a very physical style. Chris Carson was the 10th running back last year. In no, I would not scoring. have gotten that. Would right. not have guessed that at all, and he is going – Uh, as far as uh, best balls go over the last two weeks. uh, 21st at the 403. Now, uh, obviously, they still have Rashad Penny there, who's going in as, dude, I I can't even believe I'm seeing this, running back 56. That's because, I mean, didn't he, I mean, these guys both had injuries, but Penny's was, like, bad, right? Well, yeah, they're season-enders. They had to bring Marshawn Lynch back, for God's sake. But, um, But Chris Carson, so let me ask you this. Let me phrase it this way. He was a running back 10 last year. He's going off as running back 21 in the early fourth round. Does this represent a buying opportunity for you, or is it fool's gold?
1: You know, I'm really not sure. That's a great question. Uh, You know, Penny had a late season ACL. So to me, he's not back. He really, I mean, it's just so late. And and
0: it's his first season coming off that. So I don't even really expect much production from him anyway. So that would be, you know, that would be positive
1: for Carson. I think it's because Carson's not a pedigree back. And I think that was Aaron Jones' problem as well heading into this past year. Uh, he'd been injured, and, you know, and now he finally gets through a year, and he has all this production. Now what do you do with this non pedigree player that right. was drafted late? Uh, Carson was undrafted, I think.
0: Or, uh, you know, that really sounds late. right. I don't think he was drafted. Um,
1: but the team likes him, and they do use him a lot, and it's a running-based team, one of the few left in the NFL. So those are really good arguments for him. And in the 403, I can, I can see the argument for sure. I, I might I might like him. I'm not totally sure yet. He's
0: not a zero-RB guy, but if you do start off your draft with a, a tight end and a couple of receivers, a three straight receivers, or a receiver and, and, and two tight ends, which we've seen done before, Chris Carson makes some sense in the uh, fourth round there for sure. All right, so we, we kind of uh, talked about this when we were talking about Aaron Jones. Alvin Kamara dipped all the way to running back 11. Now, obviously, injuries played a part in that, Dave. But no, he was nowhere near as efficient as he was in 2019 as he was in 2018. And I think anybody who um, you know, has a cursory understanding of analytics probably could have told you that before the start of the season with all the big runs and uh, receptions that he was breaking off. But Alvin Kamara, he hasn't been dinged a ton for that. I mean, he's, he's, he's going later, obviously. But you look at uh, FFPC Best Balls at the 106 right now. Is that the place you want to be in business uh, with Alvin Kamara with the corpse of Drew Brees returning for another year? Michael Thomas, who set an NFL record with 357 receptions last year. Are you in business with Alvin Kamara at the 106?
1: It does seem a little early for me. For some reason, I just feel like um, it's kind of where he got drafted last year, he, and he disappointed a little bit last year. And I just they're he, they're always splitting time. To me, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the big ceiling. He doesn't have the big ceiling that some of the other backs do because he's just not that full-time 300 carry type back with catch. we so got
0: Latavius Murray there too. Yeah. Yeah. That's just my take. And, I get it. No, and you, and you, I'm you not it. disagreeing with and you. And Michael Thomas commanded the
1: ball last year. He really did. And by doing that, it does limit Kamara's exposure.
0: Moving on. Devin Singletary, running back 27 last year. Is he a breakout candidate for you this year? Is, I mean, you know, it, it sounds like Buffalo is not going to be bringing back Frank Gore. They, they still have TJ Yeldon there. But Devin Singletary, as the 17th running back selected this year at the 309, actually right before – Uh, Chris or shortly before Chris Carson, is that a spot that, uh, that you would look at Singletary or do you think that people are paying a little bit too much on the ceiling side for him at that spot? Um, you know, I'm not going to come
1: off my position on Singletary. I just think he's a,
0: not a great, athlete, not special, not a
1: special athlete and he's not going to become one. So I just don't, I'm not, I don't believe in him. Someone else can have him and that's okay. Maybe he'll be great and I'll be wrong. It's fine.
0: For what it's worth. He did not have a strong combine and, and it pushed him down draft boards but a lot of people said, and a lot of pundits said, that he was not the type of player that's going to crush the combine. But on the field, he makes plays, and he did last year, especially towards the end of the season. And if you're going to tell me that you want to let somebody else take him in the third round, I'm totally on board with that because there's a ton of other great players that take him in the third round or even the early fourth round. Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, all going right around Devin Singletary. You can make a, a decent case for all of those guys. Uh, that they should be going ahead of Devin Singletary. Now, I, I, he holds a special place in my heart because I got him cheap in a couple of dynasties, and he really helped me out at some some sticky situations last year, and I think that's why I like Singletary. You did get him pretty uh, cheap. It was like late second, I thought, right? Uh, I got him in late second and mid second on another one, yeah, which was awesome. that's pretty nice. Uh, so so that helped me out, um, but I'm with you. I, I, I do think he is not a special athlete. Uh, I think he is a football player that is very opportunistic and, and makes plays, and, and certainly there's a place for – uh, guys like that on fantasy uh, rosters. It, so he only scored two rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, he wasn't. he, I mean, he, I mean, he was, only had
1: 151 rushes. It looks. like. He was you
0: basically know, the backup games. to Gore
1: for probably the
0: first third, maybe half of the season. Then they and started three, splitting time. Three through six, he missed. Three
1: through five, he missed. Okay. He was out.
0: All right. So and then and then they started splitting time. I want to say right around midseason, and then yeah. Singletary really took over the last month maybe month and a
1: half. He didn't score after week nine, which is weird as far as a rushing touchdown, but he did average 5.1 yards per carry. That's I mean, it's pretty darn good. Yeah.
0: the Buffalo offense, I think in general is, is, is kind of underrated. Um, only a couple of minutes left here. You see eight, nine and 10 on your sheet. Uh, the running backs there. Uh, sure. Pick one to talk about. Uh, number nine, number nine is Damian Williams. He finished at running back 41. We found out today that it's, the chiefs are not expected to bring the McCoy back. I don't know if that, Uh, really affects Damian Williams at all uh, because McCoy was like a healthy scratch in the Super Bowl If I'm remembering correctly, you are Um, Damian Williams, Dave, I I feel like, you know, you look at him right now as 40 running backs going ahead of him.
1: um, And it just seems like way too many given his usage in the Super Bowl, I know uh, uh,
0: know people are going to overreact. No, I I was wrong. 40 running backs finished ahead of him. He is going as running back 30 right now, which is still late um, at the six Oh one. I think that's a deal. I, I do too, and I think people are just assuming, well, oh, the Chiefs are going to draft somebody or they're going to bring somebody in. Well, didn't we kind of assume that with, with them last year, and what did they do? It was McCoy, right? And that was it. That was the big addition.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, to be fair, Williams didn't have a great year. He really, but I don't know. I, I've, I've, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, we also did not advocate taking him, if I recall correctly, That's true. in the second round. We yep. were saying that was too early. Yep. But now it's in the sixth. It's a little bit different, and I think... I think maybe they realize what they have in him because he really was good at the end of the prior year. Now in the Super Bowl they rely on him. Probably should have won the MVP to be honest with the yep, Super Bowl. Yep. And And uh, I think that they look at they look back and they're like, oh, you know this,
0: this Damian Williams guy, he's actually pretty darn good. Casmo 11ff, the Chiefs trust Damian Williams in pass pro, and that means a lot with Mahomes. Was guy D will a bargain then? Yes, he is a bargain then. Hey, He's a great zero RB guy. Yes. You know, you, you go with your load up on your receiver. I feel like I'm John Man. Yeah, you take your receivers and then you get your tight eyes. And you take, damn it, boy.
1: <laughs> hey, you got a team. Um, you, you better do that impression, like, for the next year, because pretty soon the people that listen to this won't even remember who you're talking about. Isn't that crazy? Okay.
0: Well, whatever. He's still alive. He didn't die, right? Correct. John Mann's still alive. Yeah, it's just, I'm it's, sure he's, uh, oh, well, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm he's riding, right riding a bus somewhere. I don't know what he's doing. Um, clearly enjoying life, just like we do on this show. And that's going to do it for our show this week. I want to thank Brent Studebaker, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. We will be back live next Friday at ten nine central. Joining us will be 1250 number 12 dynasty co-champs, Dan and Brian Jasiak. They will be our guests next week on the show. Remember to catch Jim Seiple on the HSLD. I, I'm going to say next week, but I, again, I think it's going to be this weekend that they get that podcast up. Uh, so that is what's going on with that uh, $300,000 football guys winner from a few years back good interview uh, from Jim Seipel. get in on the main event early bird uh, right now try a best ball slim I know a lot of people have been filling those up and uh, of course the dynasty drafts we got uh, some dynasty startups going off tomorrow there's 177 that still has a few spots left if you want to build your next dynasty do that starting tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern thanks for listening everybody really appreciate all the Popping in the chat room. Your now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. me and e explore the
2: country wondering about the evening before.
0: Are you fully on, I should ask you this before the show, are you fully in dynasty mode now or no? Not exactly. <laughs> so when?
1: It's, it's a little, I, I'm, I, I'm going to be starting this coming week more, not starting, but I'm going to be spending more time on it. it to be honest, it, it is tough with my own personal dynasty leagues when I don't have a lot of Early rookie picks, so it's like oh yeah. The first, I don't have, I don't think I have a single pick in the top seven, so it's really annoying.
0: Yeah, it must be so rough. Look at
1: all these good. No, I mean, I, I traded a, a few away, like oh, okay like three all teams. Right. I don't have picks at all, so
0: it is annoying though to see all these good players. But like, oh, damn. and this is such a, it's a, it's deep, a deep draft. Team.
1: I know, yeah. I got a lot of second rounders, so I'm good though. Okay,
0: so you're all, so you'll it'll be like you're drafting first round players in the second round. Uh, maybe not quite the same. It, it'll be close. <laughs> And we'll talk all about it coming up on the next five or six shows of the HSFF Hour. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be safe. See you.